Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Over the Bridge Podcast. This is an unfamiliar voice apparently. Um, this is Bilal introducing Patrick Fadi. Let me introduce um, Let. Let you know. Well, I was asking you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, today we are going to be diving into the topic of talking about homelessness actually. And it's this time of year where, you know, often we see charities and it becomes very prevalent right up there. We've got a very special guest with us in the studio. He's going to introduce themselves in just a minute, but we're joined in the studio by you two. Yeah, you said me already, so hello everyone, Patrick. Wow. Uh, what's good, everyone? Yeah, what's good, everyone? Quirky. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Well, you sound sad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's just been a lot this week, isn't it? Yeah. It's been a bit of a mad week. Um, so we're recording the day after the, the incident on London Bridge, innit? So... Mm. Yeah, we were just discussing one of the victims actually went to Cambridge. Um, I don't think any of us here knew him personally, but yeah, it's just like one of them things that's like kind of close to home. But the whole thing is just still like, I was just saying before we started, it's still a bit like, I can't get my head around it. But mm, um, It's confusing. But yeah, any anyway, rest in peace to, to Jack Merritt. Um, he was one of the victims yesterday. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, let's move on because we've got an interesting discussion today. So... Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think just to echo that, man, I think it's really important that we do give the space to honour that and the victims. And I really do hope that we find out more in time about what we're really going on because mm. it's been one day and I don't the a lot of the things that have been said about it aren't yet adding up. Yeah, really it's very hazy. Mm. I mean, by the time this comes out, it'll probably be a lot more clarity around the, the situation as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully by the time you're listening to this, we know a little bit more about what's happened and what's going on. Mm. But rest in peace to a fellow student, um, which is really sad at, mm. this, at this time. But without further ado, let's let's move on. And we're going to dive into the discussion that we have today. So my friend, tell us, introduce yourself. So um, my name's Tyrone. I'm 28 and I live in South currently. South where? South London. Fort and Heath. Oh man, what is it with everyone? <laughs> <laughs> what local lads? All right. <laughs> yeah, Quake is happy. <laughs> cool. Um, Tyrone, if you don't mind, tell us why you are joining us particularly here on this topic. I'm joining you today because I've got a personal experience myself of being homeless and dealing with the system as a black male in the UK, being homeless. Mm. And just to share my story and how I've changed it around and now I work with young homeless people. I love that, man. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, so cool. I don't know, so you have a little bit of an accent. Do you want to give a bit of a background <laughs> of your, like where you grew up? and, and So everything? originally, um, I'm from the Midlands. I was born in Derby, but I grew up in Notts. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but I've man. lived, literally, I've lived all over. I've lived in Newcastle. I've lived in Manchester. Money. And then I moved to London Money in 2012. So I've been here like... Nine years. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Um, does Does London feel like home for you now? Then, or? um, kind of. I got a lot of family here. Yeah, I got loads of uncles and aunties yeah, yeah. that live around. So yeah. What, what's your background? Was your family? So from? um, I'm half Jamaican, quarter French, and quarter Madagascan. Okay. So yeah, my cool. dad's full Jamaican. Yeah. And my mom's half French, half Madagascan. Cool. Yeah. Whereabouts in Jamaica is your dad from? Um, Portmore. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My dad's from Manchester. Is it? Yeah, no, in the hills. In the Never been Jamaica. You never been. Yeah, that's my I haven't been in a long been. time, but um, yeah, I want to try and go. If not next year, because I'm going Barbados next year. That's where my mm. mom's from. In the year after, but yeah, beautiful place. 
cool, definitely man. help Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah, so man. so tell us a little bit more about what you do today. So what I do, I'm a youth project worker. Mm-hmm. I work for a, um, a charity company called um, Single Homeless Project, okay. SHP. And basically I work within the Lewis Pathway uh, with young people that have come out of care. Mm-hmm. So I work between like three to four different units. Some of them high support, some of them low support. Yeah. And it's just about young people that have come out of care or just been referred to by the local authority mm. okay. that have come from like maybe like broken down, dynamical Households, mm-hmm. family who've got no family mm. and who've been sleeping rough and them kind of things. So it's just basically helping to support them, keyword them, get if they have any issues, complex needs or anything to get them back on track basically and get them being independent. Yeah. Yeah. When you say young people, like how what age? Group? So we start from 16 up until 24. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm. when I was working, like in a previous job, I worked quite closely with the um like the care leavers sort of yeah. team, I guess, for the, for the area. And there's not really that much support at all once at all. you are a, legally 18. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so do you find that actually because there's not that much support like funded by the government or whatever, that for a lot of young carers um, or people, young people who've been in care rather, that they then do end up homeless as a result? I can see why because people like us who actually work with them like, we find it hard to try and find resources for them. Mm. So imagine being at that age, not knowing the system and what's available for you or what you're entitled mm. to. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's like, a lot of young people, like, when, when like, they, they don't even realise that they're entitled to something as simple as a bed space. Mm. They think that that's an entitlement and they don't understand that. That's your basic right to have yeah. a roof over your head. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And some of them don't even see that or realise that. Yeah. Mm. So like, I'll give an example. Like we have one, one of the residents, um, she came, she was homeless to the point where she's been in one of the units now for four months, but she still sleeps outside in a tent Whoa. because she's, she was homeless for that long that she's so used to yeah. being like that, that she felt uncomfortable being in a... Inside. Inside, yeah, wow. basically, yeah. That's crazy. So we're trying to like, slowly but surely, she's changing a little bit, but it's, it's, mm. it's, it's taking yeah. time, yeah. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask was, because, um, you know, we talked about how um, few resources there are for kids that are sort of, um, like when they come of age and they can, you know, leave mm. care. Um, because I, ha- I have like a, a little bit of sort of prior knowledge of that, I guess. Like one of the guys we were at uni with, um, he he was in care and then he was old enough to have his own place. Um, and my mum fosters as well. So one of the boys recently um, just became old enough to be able to move out and mm. have his own, own space as well. But um, from... Like what I've seen, it's like all, all I know is that they 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 get to a certain age and then they can live on their own and they have a, a place that they can either live with like other um kids that have left care or I don't know if there's like like a sort of private place that they can have as well. But yeah, if you could just go into a bit more detail about how that process works. Mm. So um children that leave care, they kind of have like a more of a higher priority need. Mm-hmm. Because they've come from a care system. Yeah. So they are guaranteed their own accommodation. That's okay. a guaranteed. No matter doesn't matter what stage it is, but they're guaranteed at the end to have okay. their own accommodation. Okay. Um and, and what age is that? Is it like as, when you get to 18 or is it a bit before that? At the age of 18, you're legally allowed to have your own accommodation. Okay. A lot of factors come into that if okay. they have any um, complex needs, if they've got mental health issues right. or if any other things like that, or safeguarding issues and things like that. Mm. But um, yeah, they, they're entitled to a property of themselves. Yeah. But like I said, it all depends on their personal needs. So mm. 
when they leave the care system, they're basically legally under the authority. That's their kind of like legal status. Yeah. And their PAs or their social workers. Mm-hmm. Then it's the social workers' responsibility to assess their needs and find out if they'll if they have any like safeguarding issues or any mental health. If that's the case, then they wouldn't allow them to go to their own place yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'd probably put them in like a high, medium, or low support unit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like one of the units I work in is an all males, all male um um space for um care leavers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have high complex needs. Mm-hmm. So none of no one I would say are ready to be independent yet. Yeah, yeah. Because they right. struggle in the location that they are now right, so right, far. Right, right. So it all, it's all down to the individual. What mm. when you say um, complications? What kind of complications? So we've dealt with like child abuse, mm. sexual exploitation, um, dealing with county lines, mm. gang violence, um, eating disorders, mental health conditions. There's so many things that come into, pre- into yeah. place when with these young people. Mm. Drug abuse, things like that as well. So, yeah, yeah. is there anything that's like more? I guess there's a factor that leads to young people becoming homeless. Is there anything that you find time and time again seems to be quite a common cause? Mm. I would say one of the main causes of homelessness for young people is the breakdown in the family home. Mm-hmm. I would say that's and take aside from the care leavers, but just in in general, general, yeah. I would say it's a breakdown in the family home, and I think when us when Teenagers, especially in London and South where I work, teenagers, when they get to a certain age, their parents feel like they can't cope with them anymore. So it's yeah. either the case of their parents either kick them out of the house mm. and they're either sofa surfing or they're just sleep, sleeping rough or it's too toxic in the environment and then they have to leave anyway mm. or please get involved or them kind of things. Or they choose to leave themselves. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. Wow. And on that, do you mind sharing with us your story? So, yeah. So, um, I grew up with my father. Um, mm. My dad was a very, very strict Jamaican man. Mm. And um, my mum left me when I was, well, she left the family when we was, when I was three. So I didn't, I don't really have any big, lot of memories of my mum. And um, my father was a drug addict. He was, yeah, he was on, he was on drugs. So growing up was like, not a good thing. Um, it was just three of us in the household, my sister, me, and my brother. But my sister kind of like adopted the mother status of the mm. house mm. and was like the mom. But then as she got older, she obviously had her children yeah. and she left. My brother got sent to jail. Mm. And then it was me in the house. I was 14. And I thought to myself, right, I can't be in this house by myself because mm. this is just going to go mad. So I remember I left on, the, on my 15th birthday. It was kind of like my own decision to do it. Yeah. But on my 15th birthday, on the actual day, I left the house with the clothes on my back and never went back. Wow, wow. I was just like, I'm not going back home. And for the first month or so, I remember I was sleeping in the local park. Crazy. And when I was in year seven at school, that was the park that I used to go to when I used to wow. sky school. Yeah, yeah. So I knew the park well, so I knew like the little <laughs> not crannies and them kind of things. So I was staying there for a bit. Yeah. And then I was kind of sofa surfing with friends' houses. And then it got to the point where I was like, I can't keep doing this anymore. I can't keep yeah. doing this anymore. And at this point, you dropped out of school, I'm assuming. I was, yeah, I wasn't, do, I wasn't literally doing anything. Yeah. Smoking a lot of cannabis, just being on the street, trying to hustle, make raises, doing just badness, basically. Yeah. Mm. But at the same time, hardly showering, wearing the same clothes. And there's only so long you can try and mask it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it gets to a point where, okay, people are gonna, people know that I'm homeless now, do you know what I mean? And then, 
but this is what it is about the lack of knowledge. I didn't know what was available for me. Mm. So I didn't know like I could go to the council and ask for help or any of these mm. things. I didn't know. Mm. And then when I did finally went to the council, I was 16. Yeah. And I was like, um, I'm homeless basically. And they was like, um, where do you want to live? Where do you mind? Who do you mind living with? Mm. And at the time, because I was desperate, I was like, I'll live with anybody. I don't care. I will live anywhere. Mm. So they put me up in a hostel which I which I think it was just a random hostel, but I ended up living with three um, drug addicts mm. to the mm. point where it was horrible. Like I used to come in and they'd be out their face and I'd be standing over needles and God, yeah, it was horrible. So I I did end up staying there because yeah. the last straw was when I was in my room and I could hear someone trying to pick lock my door. Wow. So I was like, I can't stay here because these are going to try and rob me, yeah, try and yeah, me, yeah. make a race. So I left there again. Then I was sofa surfing again because I didn't think to go back to the council. Because I wasn't, I just, I just didn't know that mm. I was, was was available for me. Yeah. And then <clears throat> I think I what what did I do after that from the council? I left the council and then I went into a semi-dependent unit, which was what I work in now. Mm. Um, and I, and then I got and then I was assigned a key worker, and then from there, that's where it just started to change around. And I was right. living in there, and then I got my first job. And then I start, I was working at TGI's actually. As a way, I got my first job at TGI's. Oh, cool. Um, and then I was just working, working, staying in this um, semi-independent. And then I got into like a standalone unit. Like, it's like a progression stage. Mm-hmm. And I was saving my money, saving my money. And then I can't remember what happened after. I think I left. I made a bad decision. I think I made a wrong decision and I ended up leaving, which I didn't know mm-hmm. was going to be a downfall for me. And mm-hmm. because I did that, I tried to go back to the council. And there was like, no, because you because you chose to leave. Right. That yeah. you have to start from the bottom again. So I was like, I'm not God. doing that. Yeah. So I, end, I ended up leaving. And then I think I was sofa surfing again. I stayed with my cousin who, they were living in a one bed flat with a baby and I was sleeping on the floor. I remember mm. just literally mm. like, oh, it was crazy. Mm. And then from there, I ended up saving, 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 saving whilst I was working. Mm. And luckily, um, she didn't ask for a lot of money. She's like a bit of like to help with the bills and them kind of things. And then I ended up saving a, a decent amount of money, to be honest. And then I, I took myself traveling. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then I went to um, Southeast Asia by myself. Yeah. Right. Literally, because I thought I just need to get away. Yeah. That was it. And the reason why I thought I want to travel because <coughs> I would remember when I'd be in the park and I'd just be sitting there in the corner. And I'd just be like, you know, just visioning like, oh, I want to get out of this country. I want to get out of this country. So I remember yeah. um, when I was on the plane, Mm-hmm. On the way to South Asia, I, just, I remember I just broke down in the seat because I thought mm-hmm. I dreamt this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I envisioned this, and yeah. now I'm here. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And whilst yeah. I was out there, I ended up doing some like um, youth work out there as well, like just some voluntary work. Mm-hmm. And then I came back, um, still sofa surfing. Still, I still hadn't have accommodation to stay in, sofa surfing. And then I got another job, and then I went out again. This one I went to um, South America, mm-hmm. I went to Brazil. Um, I did some youth work there. And when I came back, that's when I thought, do you know what? I want to get involved in youth work because mm. I thought, look, do you know what I mean? And then I spoke to, I spoke to one of my friends and they was like, you'll be perfect for it because you've come from a situation like that. Yeah. So you can speak firsthand of what's it like to be homeless. Yeah, yeah. So now that I'm in this role, I started off with working in the children's home first. Mm. Working with like, um, I think it was like seven to 16 year olds. And then from there, I moved into like, high support units for like um, drug abusers so like yeah. teenagers that were on drugs and that and then now I work within um, support housing for homeless youth yeah 
So yeah, that's a journey. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's a deeper story. story but, yeah. <laughs> so from like the age, um, you said you were 15 when you first left now, up until the point that you kind of, um, I guess things started to turn around for you. What's that kind of, what's that? Um, how long was that, that mm. duration? So on my 50th birthday, for the first, I think it was first four months, I was in the park. And then I remember I slept in a shed for a bit as well. I remember in some random street, in some random alley in the garden. Wow. Yeah, it was just... But luckily around this time, like, it was crazy because like the shed part and the park part wasn't in winter. Mm-hmm. So it may have been different. So it was okay. So in the winter time, that was when I was sofa surfing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But um, it was it was my friend that said to me, he was like, there's surely there's got to be help for you. Like, yeah. you can't, there's, there's got to be something. So I remember I went to the council. I was in the council for like five hours, just sitting there waiting. Hmm. And to the point where they was like, okay, we can help you. But because I was so desperate, they just gave me anything and they gave yeah. me that place where I was living with these drug addicts. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And did, I'm just assuming that at no point did your school that you were at at the time get in touch with you. They didn't care. My school was a very, very bad school, to be honest. Mm. They were constantly in and out of special measures, so right. they really didn't care, to be honest. Mm. So, and with and with with that, obviously, like growing up, I remember my dad. He was he didn't really pay too much mind about school. He, he mm. never came to parents' evenings. He didn't care about homework or like exam. He wouldn't really pay attention to anything. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm. So, like school knew this. So school were aware <laughs> of the the, the the dynamic at home. Yeah. So they knew that there was no way of liaising with my family to try and get anything sorted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned like, obviously as a young person, you just didn't know that there was those services. That's what it was. And that's what happens now with these young people. Like, they don't know what's available to them. Yeah. They don't even, like, down to basic things that make a um, complete application. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not even aware of, they don't even know how to do that. And like, if you're not, if you're not aware of these things, how are you meant to, do you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. if we, we as the staff find it hard to f- get the resources for them, and I can see why they give up. Do you know what I mean? Because young people, they're very impatient. They mm. want things now. So yeah. when you tell them you may, you're gonna get your place in like maybe 12 months' time, oh. yeah. they don't want to wait for that. And they'll just they would they will make the decision to leave the place yeah. and go homeless again. And I guess, you know, you even said for you when you was like living in the park for a bit, it was so easy to just get involved in the selling stuff. So easy. Mm. So, so easy. Cause you're out and about, there's nothing you want to do but be on road. Yeah. And that's yeah. what it was. And then I remember. People that used to chill with, like they, they would still have curfews. Mm. And like, go home and I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. You can go whenever you want. But it's like, not really, because I've, I've never had anyone there to push me, to yeah, discipline me, to mm. keep me in check. Do you know what mm. I mean? So mm. I had to learn that myself. I had to learn self-discipline myself. Because mm. I would have just, yeah, mm. would have, I could have gone down another route. And like I said, growing up, yeah, my brother, me and him were very close because we're similar age. Yeah. It's like, there's, there's less than a year between us. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, when he went prison, it was like, he was like my best friend, you know what I mean? Mm, so when he went yeah. prison, it was horrible. It was mm. horrible. I was like, what, what am I going to do now? And yeah. to this day, my brother doesn't know fully. Yeah. Of he, this. he knows certain things. Yeah. But he doesn't know like the full story of like what yeah. I've been through to get to where mm. I am now. Mm. So it's a bit mad. Yeah, I was going to ask actually, because um, I guess you kind of touched on it just now with your brother going away. But did you have any kind of support system? Like you mentioned you had friends. But, like, did you have anyone that could kind of, like, you know, just support you and keep you going? Or was it just, did you feel very much on your own? Kind of. But a lot of, I feel like a lot of the things that happened to me as a child, mm. 
person because because my dad was a very like it was an abusive man, a very abusive man, mm-hmm. and um, to the point where like when we used to get beats and that, mm-hmm. like severe beats where we're bleeding and that, he would write. He used to write fake school. He used to write fake notes to school wow. to mm-hmm. say why we can't do PE. Wow. So we can't get changed in front of the other people because they didn't want people to know his business, basically. So oh, we were good at kind of like covering it up and like yeah. just putting on a smile. Yeah. And that that led to me having a big prideal issue right. where my pride got in a lot of way of a lot of things. So yeah. I wouldn't open up to anyone about a lot of things. Mm. And I'm and that's something I'm still learning to this day. Mm. But I'm getting better at it. Yeah. But I feel like my pride and ego yeah. have done a lot. That, uh, to my, it, yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that as well because um, that was another thing um, that sort of was on my mind as well because um, I know someone that also had like experienced homelessness, but they they were much older, like they're like sort of around my parents' age. Um, but with them, it was like um, we didn't know for a long time that they're in that situation, and from where I was, it looked like that you know he obviously like. There's a, a sense of shame or there's mm-hmm. stigma attached to homelessness. And he could have got help um, if, you know, he'd like sort of reached out to, to any of us. But he just kept it quiet that, um, that you know, he had been sleeping rough. Um, so, yeah, is, is, is that something now that you're, you know, working with young people that are experiencing these similar situations, is pride something that comes into it as well? Um, is that Definitely. something that blocks people from, from looking to help? Definitely. Because... Especially with young, I'm saying specifically with young black males, right. they have like an ego thing where they they can't be seen to be weak. Right. So they'll do the same what I did, like put on a brave face and like, like I'm trying to say, like you won't you won't even know half the things yeah. what they're going through mm-hmm. unless you actually dive in, yeah, to try and dissect that's, some of the that's things. That's what I was thinking. Like, how do you how do you spot a young homeless person? There's a lot of things that come into play, like obviously physical factors that come into play. Yeah. When you're quest- when you're having a conversation with them and you're chucking in certain questions and mm. you can tell if they're trying to avoid certain things, mm. things like that. Saying like, oh, okay, so so when you ask that young people, when you're speaking to them, because we go, we do outreach as well. Right. Mm. So um we speak to young people, they're like, okay, so um, where do you live then? Oh, I live in uh, Rickson. Okay, okay. So what, what train are you getting? And they don't even know like you can just you can just tell yeah, like right. they're just trying to okay. cover themselves to try and because they don't know where they're going themselves. Yeah. So that's what it is, yeah. Mm. I, had, I had a question as well, because, um, I mean, you brought up the, f- the fact that there's certain characteristics that are displayed, particularly by young black men. Um, and within working in that system, what are the things that you noticed about, or have you noticed any differences between how, for instance, white um, boys or white um, girls, for instance, um, their experience, how it differs from, you know, a young black person in the system? Um. When I first started, like, and I was going for all like the files and referrals, I was I was being told by the staff like, oh, majority of the black males are they don't engage, they're, 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 not, they're not really interested, they don't really engage, they just do their own thing, and a lot of the other racial people they were always at, like coming towards coming to their appointments and their sessions and that, and again I feel like it's down to the whole pride thing of a black male like they don't want to be seen as weak. So they, they they won't reach out unless you reach out for them. Mm. So like, do you do you think it also might be a thing of um not being able to relate to you know your your key workers? Th- like, that, that's what it is as well. Because I remember when, when I first started, mm. I, I I came in as the first black male youth worker in that organization. Right. Mm. Yeah. So when I when I was there, like 
a lot of the young people warmed to me straight away mm. because obviously <laughs> they didn't they they just thought I was their age because I look mm. younger as well. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, just, yeah. Just, just just like okay, yeah. But this guy's got good skin. Man. I was gonna say when you yeah. said you're twenty, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I just don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so so literally they just for late and. I, f- I feel like it's down to the language you use with them. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. at the same time, like, I'm not going to be there like, yo, fam, I'm not trying to patronise them. Yeah, yeah. But I, at the same time, I'm not going to come across as a teacher approach either. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you, have to yeah. have, you have to get the balance right. Mm. And not to be forceful. Like, for example, like, we had a young a young person, his name, I can't say his name, but he's mm. a young person. He has severe depression. He's mm. 21. And he's, he is literally, he won't come out of his room for days. Mm. And when he does, he will hardly speak to any staff members. Mm. I remember I, I was off for two days And I came to work And on the monitor sheet It was like Oh I was like It's Christian mm. I was like Oh no we've knocked on his door He's not in mm. I said okay I'm saying, I'm going to go try it. Knocked on his door Yo Chris you're right Yo who's that Taron Straight away mm. yeah. Answered mm. to me straight away mm. So I thought to myself mm. You lot have, He's been in his room for two days No one's even checked <laughs> on him Do you know what I mean Like mm. uh, So it's little things like that I feel like mm. They think that they're okay Because they're not reaching out But Mm. Their distance shows that they need the help. Yeah, it's a yeah. cry for help. Yeah, that's all it yeah. is. Do you know yeah. What I mean? yeah, yeah. I was thinking. So obviously, so in my work, sometimes you work with like kids, right? And a lot of the times, I work with kids who are coming up with like a social action project, and they all decide on homelessness. And then someone says something like, "Yeah, but you know, my mum says that you know you can't trust homeless people because some of them are like pretend and they're all just on drugs and they're going to spend all the money that you give them on drugs and alcohol and you just think that's it's sad that you're a child who has that perception mm. right mm. um but what is the best way to support a homeless young person is it to give them money like what 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 is it i don't think it's about the money i just feel like they just a lot of homeless people. They're dealing with probably detachment issues. Mm. They have for them for them to be homeless as a young person. They feel like they can't trust anybody. Right. That's why they're out there. If they thought that they could trust people, they would probably turn up at a police station or turn up at someone's door mm. saying I'm homeless. But a lot of the time, they don't trust people. Mm. So I feel like it's just down to trust and just building a rapport and a relationship with the young people, mm. not being too forward. But at the same time, acknowledging signs of distanceness. Mm-hmm. So like it's like it's hard. Like there's no there's, I don't there's no rule book to, to there's no guidelines to go through. But it's just it all it all depends on the individual person. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it all starts with a conversation. Okay, you could take a young person to a calf, have a yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah, literally like just talk about anything. But at the same time, chucking questions in there. Mm-hmm. Watch, well, try and build a report. Mm-hmm. Because like a young person, like we, we've said that already. Like when we do key sessions with the young people, we don't. Sit down with the clipboard and be like, like I'll take him to a chicken shop. Mm, we have mm, a chat and then mm. we'll have a general conversation. But I know what I've got, what I've got, what I needed out of that conversation mm. yeah. to help and write his report and them kind mm. of things. You know what I mean? And as a sort of uh, a person that doesn't work, um, someone that isn't a social worker, like just someone that you know gets on the tube or whatever, come out the tube, you see a homeless person, young homeless person. Um, like I like what you said about just like you know start up a conversation with them, engage with them, mm. you know, maybe take them to get some chicken or whatever. Get a coffee, whatever. Um, but then from from there, where can you go? You know, like, is it just kind of just see how that conversation goes, or is it like, is there someone that you know uh, an ordinary person can just speak to and say, oh, you know, uh, I've come across someone who I think might be in a in um, you know a precarious situation. Yeah. Like, what what is the best sort of so call of action? I would say that. Um... If you do see a homeless person out, out and about, 
is to best just to contact people like, for example, like my charity that I work for, mm-hmm. who do outreach. Okay. Because there's people that their job is literally to go out on the street yeah, yeah. and look for these people. Mm. So obviously the only thing I would suggest, like I said, me personally, I, w- I wouldn't advise giving money mm-hmm. to, to people because I, in, in, I feel like me personally, that's fueling their homelessness. Okay. So because they're not going to use that money to get accommodation. Okay. Majority of the time. They're either going to use it probably to get food mm-hmm. or or anything what they need. But it, then the, their accommodation for them is probably going to be the back of their head. Mm-hmm. Literally. So I feel like personally, you just need to... But for me, like I always... Because I've, I've heard this this um, argument before and for me, it's always a bit of a dilemma because I'm like, I'm not in that situation so I can never really, really understand what it is they're going through. It's not for me to decide what they need. Like if, mm. if someone's asking me for like some change or something, it's not for me to like sort of weigh up what they're going to use it for. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I'm um, And obviously I'm not like, you know, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying like from... Like in the past, that's the thing that I struggle with because I agree with what you're saying. Like, um, it's not, it's 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 not. Um, it doesn't. It treats the symptom rather than actually dealing with that yeah. illness, right? Um, but for me, my dilemma is like, you know, do I just help them treat the symptom, or you know, do I kind of help them deal mm. with the the bigger issue, which is the fact that they are they're mm. homeless? So. Yeah, even know. even like I said, even a conversation with a, with a homeless yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, like there's been times where I've I've seen homeless people at the tube station, mm-hmm. and I've sat on the floor with them for an hour, and had a mm. chat, yeah. just having a conversation with them. Because mm. you got to think these lot can go days without speaking to anybody. Yeah, people just walking past them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? With no conversation, and sometimes that conversation, even if you've not even given them anything, but just that one conversation with that mm. person. Mm-hmm. Can make them feel alive again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they just feel like they're nobody. Did they're not ever, a part of society. Yeah. Did you ever have that when you were on the streets yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And be- I felt like I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't belong anywhere. And because yeah. of my pride, I felt like I couldn't reach out. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. Like the world was giving you a cold shoulder, so you just gave it back. Yeah. Kind basically. Of thing. That's and what it just was. fuels that that further resentment towards. And what you talk about, like it builds. It makes you hate people even more yeah. and l- less trustworthy of anyone. Not even just the system and the authorities, but mm. just of people. Just in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes me think actually, because there was a time when I was like, didn't have anywhere secure to live for a, for a little bit. And um, there was, a, I was just sitting on the floor one day, mm. feeling really sad. And I wasn't even asking for money. Like, I was just literally just sitting there feeling sad with my big bag of stuff. And someone just threw a pound at me. And like, it was the first time ever I was like, wait, what? You're, I'm not begging. Like, I didn't mm. say anything. But the money came and I had this double thing of being offended that someone threw money at me and didn't say a word. But also I needed that pound. So it was, it was like this two... Double. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just took the pound and then just walked off and then mm-hmm. got up again. But it just really made me, really made me think about what, what, how undignified it is to be in that position mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to ask... Um, from your experience, like what is the one thing that you'd want people to know or understand about um, somebody that is sleeping rough or someone that is homeless? I just want people to know that everyone's got a story. Yeah. And just because they're homeless doesn't mean they're not valuable to yeah. society. Yeah. And I just feel like if you can't give money, give someone your time at mm. least. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because time's, time's nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like... Mm. Just to make people feel valued, basically. Because mm-hmm. you see it all the time when people are homeless people on the tube, like people just act not 
don't act like it's not even there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if I don't give anything, I will still acknowledge the person. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, sorry, I've not got nothing. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah. people, they like, just ignore yeah. them. Yeah. And then it makes them become low, 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 yeah, low, yeah. low. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's why a lot of them end up on drugs or these kind of things to try and mask the, their feelings. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So when people think, oh, they're just a drug addict, oh, they're just going to spend it on drugs. But we need to think about the factors of what got them there in the first yeah, place. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So is homelessness worse at this time of year coming up to Christmas? Or is it just more in your face at this time of year? It's more in your face. Right. It's, it's consistent throughout the year. Yeah. It's mm. just more in your face because of the cold. Yeah. And obviously, a lot of the times at the end of the year, a lot of companies and stuff like do mm. like charity work. Mm-hmm. So it's more promoted yeah. out there. That's what I feel like. Yeah. Um now not to make this political, but like um, I think there's a lot of rhetoric around the idea that during this particular government, issues such as like homelessness and poverty have increased mm. and ha- you haven't worked in this space for a few years now. Um, have you noticed that yourself? Has that been reflected in your own work where it seems like a problem that's been getting worse over? First of all, years? we're allowed to be political, you know. It's like, you don't <laughs> yeah, have to yeah, apologise, yeah. you know that, right? No, I hear that, but I just... Yeah, Obviously, it's a, it's an issue that's mm. is a, it's always been an issue. Do you yeah, know? so yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to kind of say anyway. Whatever. Yeah, just play some there. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, but no, yeah, definitely. I feel like politically, it has a big part to play there, down to funding and resources with youth services in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they've cut, like not even just funding for like youth centres. They've cut services for like mental health teams. Mm-hmm. They've cut services for like um, anger management teams or just counselling, things like that. Do you know what I mean? For like, for our service, we have one counsellor who's stretched. When I say she's stretched, she's running from like one service to the other. Like, hmm. just one person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they don't have any money to employ another one. That just shows, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, they have lack of, just lack of people. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. What um, local authority do you, are you allowed to say? Or? Yeah, uh, Lewisham Borough. Lewisham. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I've, one of the things that I've noticed the most like in terms of how our society has changed is the amount of homelessness. Yeah. Um, because I remember as well being struck by how much homelessness there was when I traveled, right? So I started traveling a lot at the early part of this decade, around 2011. And around that time, there wasn't that much here. Um, but when I traveled, I saw a lot more. And obviously, um, outside of the West, there aren't as many kind of, there, there isn't kind of like a, a social safety net mm. for homelessness. Um, but then when I came back to this country, I realized that not that we were reaching those levels, but we had caught up a lot in terms of mm. the amount of people that I saw sleeping rough. Mm. Like nowadays, when you come out of a tube station, you're more than likely to see at least one person yeah. that is mm. that is that is homeless or is sleeping rough. So it's and I, I remember when it wasn't like that at all. Mm. And, and that wasn't that long ago either. Mm. Um so yes, yeah, I, I I think that's that's what I was saying. Like I I don't, I don't think we should apologize about it being it's like, definitely like, growing. Yeah, the discussion is 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 very much a political one. Um, so for you then, is it just kind of like it's just re- resources basically, or is it, or do you feel there's there is a kind of more sort of societal issue in how we we treat poverty and how we treat homelessness? I feel well. like it's frowned, frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Definitely, especially in a city like this city. But do you, do you feel like people have become colder t- towards the, the the topic, or I feel like it's become a norm now. Mm-hmm. Like it's just become normal. Mm-hmm. Like Facts. like you see a homeless person, and it, it's 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 the same as seeing a lady with a posture. Yeah, 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just normal now. Yeah. And to the point where when you're speaking to some people and they're telling you now, like, oh, can you like, can you can I have some money, please, so I can pay for my hostel? Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. To the point where the government are lacking that much resources, hmm. where these hostels can't afford to run, but they're charging the homeless people to stay to there. Stay, you know? yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how bad it, that's how bad it's got. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? One thing that I've noticed that's actually been quite striking to me is when people get on trains for instance because on my train like I get the train to London Bridge a lot and you know people come on the, on the on the train and like explain the situation and more and more there's this idea of you know they have to give their whole backstory and very kind of apologetically mm. explain their situation saying yeah. listen I'm not you know yeah. this is not like me I'm not a beggar you know, this yeah. happened over the last 12 months that I was in a it's bad like relationship. apologizing for their existence. Literally, you know? literally, yeah. literally, just to get some type of like, for for like the, the empathy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, just literally, they'll be like, oh no, you know, I was in a really abusive relationship. I had to leave the house. So many, so many things. That, and to me, actually, kind of made it clear to me that all of us, well, you know, the majority of, or a lot of people in society aren't that far removed from becoming yeah. homeless themselves. Oh, yeah, you can, You can have a job. You can like, you can feel like you're comfortable in your situation and literally mm. one pay one, you know, lose your job for a couple of months. You can be out on the street. Like it's not, it's not a joke in yeah. it. So um I don't even know the point I was gonna make, to be honest. No, so I just had to like true. share That's that. Like, it's a mad situation. At any stage in your life that could happen. At any stage in your life that mm. could happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's so it's so funny to just have the, the proximity to Quaker that you were just talking about that we are all like we're all just like two things going wrong away from that being us. Mm, 100%. And then there's such a burden, such an expectation on homeless people to like walk around telling their story all mm. the time. Yeah. And I was thinking this the other day because similar thing, I was on the tube, someone gets on, said, look, I'm homeless. And then it was like such a prepared speech, mm-hmm. like so ready yeah, to yeah, just, just yeah, launch yeah. into this speech. And I was like, you must get so desensitized to your own story mm. that it becomes divorced from your reality, you know? If that's what you're having to bear on your on every day on your mm-hmm. chest. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned a couple of things, Ty, that were really interesting around how it might be different being a black homeless, but like a young black man specifically being homeless, being you're less prioritized almost than literally yeah. people. Are there specific things about the experience that you come across with young black people um whereby there is that almost extra layer of barrier added onto them. Definitely. I feel like with young black males, they automatically come with a, a certain stigma to them yeah. or an identity that people assume or have a certain narrative of what they're like or what they're involved in. Yeah. And mm. it's not always the case. <laughs> like, it's, to majority of the time, it's far from the case, you know what mm. I mean? And like, some young people that I work with, like, some of the key people refused to work with him because they found him intimidating. Mm. And I questioned that. I was like, what's intimidating about him? Mm. What, because he's tall and he's black? What, 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 what other factors can you bring into acting to show me what, 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 why you find this person intimidating? Yeah. Mm. And that is hard to work with. Mm. Yeah. Are you, are you going out your way to actually engage with this young person or are you just at the, at the first hurdle that they're showing you something, you stop? Mm. Yeah. And that's what it is. Mm. That there's been times where I've been out with young people and I've been stopped and searched with them. With the young people for no reason, do you know what I mean? And it's it's like it's so it's 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 like I'm I'm not gonna try and lie to the young people. Obviously, mm. I'll teach them how to be respectful to certain people and policing that. But I'm not gonna lie to them. Mm-hmm. The society is not fair. It's uneven, mm-hmm. and you are gonna get judged. Yeah, and I and I would I want to be as real as possible as I can to them mm-hmm. because I'm there to support them to be independent and go into adulthood. Yeah, and I'm not. I don't wanna 
pull the wool over their eyes, and then when they get out there, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get hit with all these barriers, yeah. and yeah. then they might fuck, they might crumble and go back in this and go back in the opposite direction. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So mm. it's like, yeah. So it sounds like um, because you mentioned that when you started, you were the only black male on your team. Um, it sounds like the your your profession needs itself to be diversified yeah. or decolonized or whichever way you want to look at it. Definitely. Um, yeah, it sounds like there needs to be more more black people, mm. or, uh, you know, more ethnic minorities people that come into those intersections to actually meet the people with those needs. Because I, I assume that um, in terms of the kind of people that end up being homeless, the demographics aren't reflected anywhere near as balanced as the people that are sort of working mm. like your colleagues. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, if you are, um, if you are coming from, I don't know, um, an abusive household or you're coming from poverty, um, you're, you're black or you're, um, you're gay or whatever, you're not likely to be reflected in the people that are going to be seeing you. So I, I guess, yeah. No, you're it- right. Because I, mm. I feel like, especially with young black males, it's like, People assume, like, like I said, back to the stigma and the narrative. Like, when when someone thinks of a young black male homeless, mm. a lot of the time, especially as a young black male, I'm not talking about an adult. I'm only like, like a teenager. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, people's first go to is either they're either living in and out of bandos mm-hmm. or doing county lines, mm-hmm. or they're in a um, or they're in a dysfunctional family without a father. Mm. They're the first two They're, they're the first They're the go-to Straight away with young black males For the mm. reason why they're homeless mm. Not to think about They don't even consider They may have mental health issues mm-hmm. They may have issues Simple issues But that could lead into big things Like do you know what I mean It's just yeah. it's that, But that's yeah. Seeing them holistically basically. Yeah holistically basically Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's what it is I'm not having a Having a Just Yeah Some of the people I work with When I first started then And I mentioned this in our meetings And my manager actually took it on board because when I first started, like a lot of the staff were like middle-aged white women mm-hmm. who had, yeah, they were. I'm gonna be honest, mm-hmm. middle-aged white women it's... who had a kind of a teacher approach to the young people, yeah. to the point where, like, when when they're doing key sessions, they they're speaking to these young people like, oh, do you know, do you, do you know, do you know the effects of cannabis? Young people's yeah. not gonna want to hear that. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And and when you, especially when you said, if if you are a young person who's Come up against these the same kind of people yeah. before, and you didn't trust them. Why, why are you now going to trust them in yeah. this setting? You know, this is what I'm saying. Wow. Facts. Okay, so we're running out of time, but the last couple of things. Um, obviously at this time of year, with it being in everyone's face, as we were saying, but it's not actually the problem. Mm-hmm. Is the same as it always has been. What would your advice be to any of our listeners around what they can do to support someone? Um. How might they be able to spot someone in, in their own world, perhaps, who's going through this and perhaps isn't talking about it for the stigmas? I would say just get to know your area well and know what, what's, what's available in your areas and what referrals are available in your areas. Mm. So if you're aware of them, you can maybe refer these people or even contact them and make referrals for them. But like you said, if you're not aware of what's happening in your area, you don't know, mm. do you know what I mean, what's going to happen. That's what it is. That's what I say. Like Because within Lewisham, obviously, I know the area well, the borough well. So I know all to pin. I know where to pinpoint people to go to and mm-hmm. these kind of things. I would just say just to, just just do a bit of research on homelessness and find out what's available and support available in your areas. If you if you're seeing it out and about in your areas, and just to see what's on offer to help mm-hmm. 
these people in the area, yeah. definitely. Wicked, man. Anything? From- I just wanted to ask, um, what's next for you? Like, what, what do you want to, where do you see yourself? So, at the yeah. minute, I wasn't really going to say this, but I've just opened my own company. Oh, so wow. Open, it's called um, Youth Impact Intervention Project, where Amazing. we're going to, um, I want to, I want to go into schools and I want to do intervention up from primary school age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, just help these young people, man. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because like, like I said, there's, there's not a lot out there for them. Do you know what I mean? And when, when they left us, when, when, when they get to a certain age, I feel like the system and government just wash their hands off them. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, it shouldn't be charities. It shouldn't be a charity doing this. It should be the government yeah. doing this. Isn't it, it should crazy? be local authorities doing this. We live in one of the wealthiest countries in the world. Yeah. And most of this discussion when it's come to the government is how there aren't enough resources. Yeah. That's crazy. It's like so it, mad. There's, it's just it, there are enough resources. They're just not prioritized. That's what it is. Yeah, it's not delegated right. But yeah, it's like, and now I'm gonna sound like crazy, but I don't want to get political. But it's like it's so in your face that it's it's like how can we go on with things being the way they are? Like, yeah, it's mad. Like we live in the, and, one of the wealthiest countries in the world. Yeah, and now when you think about it, what what they're saying if conservative coming conservatives come into power, mm-hmm. and they're saying, oh, I'm hearing these things about you'll be charged for an ambulance to come and mm-hmm. get you. Imagine if a homeless person who <laughs> has to happen, who's paying for that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Some people are just seen as disposable. In yeah, this world, basically. Yeah, wow. it's crazy, man. So cool. Um, I love Congra- it. No, I was just going to say congratulations. Yeah, that's company, amazing. That's huge. Well done. I can't wait to see what, what happens with it. Thank you very much, um, guys. How can people find you and stay in touch with you? So I'm on socials. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Same username. TJTH underscore. That's changed my names, obviously, for safeguard. For sure. The young people in that. Yeah. But, um, well, actually, I'll let you guys know on the 11th of um, December, we've, we're, we're, we're doing a um, careers panel um, in, in sponsored by Spotify. Oh, and cool. they're coming um, with some industry uh, people to come down and just basically talk to the young people mm-hmm. and discuss some of the people that come in, some ARs and some managers that wow. have been through similar backgrounds that's and just amazing, to share, share their it, story as well. So that'll that's be on cool. the 11th. That's cool. really cool. Where is that happening? That's going to be at one of our locations in Farnborough House in Sydenham. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, kid, man. Um, and just plug your company one more time just so the listeners. So it's um, yeah. SHP Single Homeless Project. Okay, cool. Yeah. We look forward to seeing big things with that, man. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, thank you so much. I think this, I'm inspired, man. You know, when you get, a, when when you have a conversation with someone, you're like, wow, that's, it's just, you just open my eyes to things that I was aware of, but had never sat down and processed mm. and spent that that time in this so thank you so much no thank yeah, you guys man. for giving me yeah. the platform yeah and thank it. you for sharing your story as well because no, I appreciate yeah, man. that man wicked okay so thank you very much for listening um, as always if you want to get in touch with us please do on the socials at otbpodcastuk or email otbpodcastuk at gmail.com let us know your thoughts keep sharing keep writing us reviews actually on iTunes because no one's really written one in a while keep writing us checking yeah I've been checking man Um, keep writing us reviews share and let us know your thoughts thank you for listening keep 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 signing up to the newsletter the newsletter the mailing list you get me the mailing list there will be Christmas prizes right yeah that for chocolate sponsoring hey do you know I'll make it official soon yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Because right. Christmas is coming fast now. Yeah. Christmas is coming. It's like a month, less than a month. Now. Yeah. We're there. We're stocking it. We read up recently. So. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, everyone. Um, keep signing up. Get in touch. Thank you for listening. Over and out.